like it reinstalled the USB. There we go. <laughs> so it did this. So it's done this before. Hello, welcome to Indiepocalypse Radio. My name is Andrew. I'm your host of Indiepocalypse. The, um, the the usually midday, depending if you're in the United States. Now late night if you're in the United States. Even later night if you're somewhere else around the world. Um, I'm Andrew. I'm the host of the show. I'm also the creator and all that stuff about you know Indiepocalypse and all that. We have some game developers here for you tonight, as you usually do. Um, my microphone did a thing where, um, it, it, you know, it reinstalled itself. So Discord or OBS was like, hey, where is that? I don't know where that microphone is. The one you're telling me about isn't the right one. So I had to tell which one that was the right one. Speaking of the right ones, um, we've got two guests here. Um who you may know from issue... Oh, oh, okay, can I do this at the top of my head? Let's play this game that I love to play. Um, issue 21... Where's my question? I have so many forms. I have too many forms. Oh, I was right. Issue 21. What a pro here um, of Indiepocalypse with Invasion of the Third Kind it is... <clears throat> sorry. C.A. McKinney, Nova Star. Hello. How are you both doing? Hi. How are you? I'm good. Doing all right. I'm also doing good. Um, so, before we start the show, kind of like into the important questions and all that kind, of, we have to ask. I have to ask you rather the the most important question of any episode of Indie Apocalypse Radio, which is: Did Andrew remember to tell everyone that he's alive? And the answer was no, he did not. <laughs> um, but the second most important question is: How did you hear about Indie Apocalypse? Honestly, I just found it through the game jams, and uh, I was trying to submit uh, Invasion of the Third Kind to whatever I could, yeah, and try to get some attention to it because we just—I'd made it uh, the original two-page um, for this like nothing little jam that was just to like do, show creativity and like give us an exercise in like game design and i decided to give it a shot with the most ridiculous concept possible yeah but apparently a lot of people liked it so we started to uh push it into wherever we could and, and what is that concept for people unfamiliar is i mean this is the the zone of the super fans but what if someone else in podcast land is like i'm just gonna li- randomly listen to this show later well, the easiest way to put it is that <clears throat> Invasion of the Third Kind allows you to play an 80s teen stereotype trying to ward off an alien invasion in a small town in Indiana. That is That's very succinct, as you said, said yourself. And also worth knowing, if it wasn't emphasized or mentioned before, it is a, by, by the term two-pager, this is a tabletop game. I know um, on Twitch people are very used to, you know, video games and the like aside from like people with um webcams and a lot of money they, they, they people do a lot of tabletop games on twitch now too i guess yeah they're uh youtube like it, it's actually kind of a growing um like scene yeah uh, it's one i've even considered getting into with invasion specifically because we wanted to show how it was played and give <clears throat> some examples for uh stories and gameplay because honestly at my table it's been one of the more popular games we've played and not even like by us pushing it it was usually our friends wanted to play it 
No, so kind of supplanted D and D for us. That's what that's what I was going to ask. What was the uh, was your table primarily a D and D table previously, or D and D like your Pathfinders and those sorts of things? My most recent table, yeah. Okay. Uh, I usually do the DMing, so I'm usually the the one that's like planning everything. But I kind of just go with what the the people want. And uh, Nova actually wanted to get into D and D, so I started like setting up campaigns and stuff for him and then we gradually brought in more people and i'm building another one now but that has nothing to do with game design yeah so much as just like what we're doing in our free time but um before that it was all like cyberpunk games and vampire the requiem vampire the masquerade stuff like that okay but yeah i've been classic games for as long as i've been playing them now when you say so, when you say cyberpunk, do you mean the genre or do you mean like the the uppercase cyberpunk game? Uh, the genre. I I preferred um, uh, Shadowrun at the table. Okay. But I've played a little bit of cyberpunk, and of course, I think at this point, almost everybody's played cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. So I've never played either. Nor you haven't played cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. No, no. The closest I've gotten to this whole, I've played Shadowrun on the Sega Genesis. Oh, that's an old one. And um, also, I think I played a little bit on the Xbox, that one that was like Counter-Strike. Ooh, that was bad. <laughs> it, was, it was a weird, weird thing. But I really like Shadowrun on the Genesis. But my um, our, our table, as it were, our digital table, isn't much of a, a, a dice table. <laughs> so <laughs> Shadowrun, with its notorious volume of dice... Oh, yes, my 41 uh, dice pool to kill somebody. That was a great day. Yeah, yeah, we just kind of we just kind of um, skirt around the, the need for dice or play games without dice or that sort of thing. I don't really have that problem here because <laughs> uh, Cass, before, um, before like we were in a relationship, already had a bunch of dice, and we've now found out since doing role-playing games that i'm a dice goblin so uh <laughs> we had an entire um like glass vase that we had filled full of dice okay. at one point so <laughs> now i gotta ask you to of of your true goblin status do you own a dice tower t- to, to legitimize no, all yet. roles I, I keep bringing it up because he can't roll for like Listen, anything <laughs> i have really bad luck um, yeah. When it comes to dice, so a lot of my until you're derailing my campaign by killing the villain. Well, that was just a decision. Like that was a split decision. Um, but anyway, um, that's a hugely different story. Um, I eventually want to get a dice tower. It's it's more been like uh, you know, being in a space where like I can afford it. Yes. And find one that um, appeals to me. Um, I've seen a few that I really liked, but none have really been like my style so yeah it's, it seems like once you've got a, a dice tower you're kind of that's like one step above buying one of those just full-on tables that folds open and has like a grid in it and everything i don't even want one that folds over i want the ones that like have the dining room table on top of it and then you just take that off oh yeah, yeah that's the same kind of that was the kind of thing i was talking about i think some of them fold but um i'm from there are a few Someone I know has that one where you like, you know, you pull the slots out and then inside of it is your grid. They can 
used for theoretically used to like space out your combat, but in realistic, um, you wind up with in my, in my experience, you wind up with a bunch of players who don't want to navigate grids, and instead just draw all over the board and just kind of assume are we close, near, near, far, mid range, and kind of, you know. Well, theater of the mind is important when it comes yes. to role playing, like. Uh, the idea of miniatures is great and like I love them because it gives me the ability to visualize the characters that I'm making but at the same time like tabletop games are I mean tabletop role playing games specifically are probably like more um communal because like we treat it as the story and we have that like visual aspect in our own minds as opposed to on the table like a yeah. board game you're going to have a piece that you're moving around but when you're seeing it in in your mind it's it brings us back to like that whole gathering around the fire telling stories thing from like prehistory and like role-playing games are kind of the modern version of that do you think they had not the obviously not the very codified guy gaxian style but do you think they had role-playing games <laughs> centuries ago I wouldn't doubt that there was some form, like there was some like um, game that had rules and some way of determining success that was largely story based because like that, it feels kind of like a primal thing for a lot of people. It was like, we love stories. So to be able to do that, it's, it's almost like playing pretend as a kid. Everybody had rules. You're not allowed to do this because that's the rule. You're not allowed to do that because that's a rule. No, you didn't hit me there. Stuff like that. Yeah. But this is just like a more like defined, more succinct version. And while like Gygax and Dungeons and Dragons were like the huge push for that, like that came out of wargaming and wargaming had to come out of somewhere. Yeah. As it turns out, everything comes from somewhere. Nothing kind of spawns like fully formed into existence i was gonna say something similar along the lines of like even like as kids like me and my best friend like we had no idea what D was because like i was a sheltered homeschooled pastor's kid like that's that's how sheltered i was so like D was of the devil oh yeah i've, <laughs> I've seen a couple of chick tracks about that <laughs> but uh me and my best friend would play uh pretend and we would pretend to be like um basically like spy kids okay um, I, was, I was i was getting scared there's gonna are you gonna be like you were a sorcerer which oh no no we we were pretending to be like um agents from like spy kids and we gave ourselves like spanish translations of our names um <laughs> <laughs> it was so ridiculous but like we would uh go up against like these like you know bad guys that were just ridiculous that like you would never see in like the movies and anything um but like i i had already had like that imagination kind of like set that was like perfect for like role playing and everything yeah um it's it's just fun like i I love doing that stuff yeah the the (laughs) yeah because kids are usually as you can imagine for like you know your 8 to 13 demographic a lot of times playing your spy kids game and busting out a pen and paper in the middle of to make sure you could properly do your thing kind of kind of disrupts the flow you know yeah no it was it was literally just like there's the the crab king and his army we have to defeat them because 
Yeah. Because there's, there's no real reason as a kid. So they're they're just, bad. They're the bad guys, so we defeat them. Um, and then we would, like, karate kick in this giant open field, like, at nothing, and, like, super punch and just throwing things that didn't exist at these invisible <laughs> crab armies um, and defeat them. <laughs> like, it was just... <laughs> This is fun. Yeah. So low budget LARPing is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without yeah, without 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 an adult to come and say no, you have to buy your bean bags and your foam swords and your No, just <laughs> pretend. Like Yeah. As we're pretending anyways, so why not just pretend we have like things or like have sticks and pretend that they're swords? Like yeah. you don't have to have like these expensive things. I think that's what's something that's really special about like two-page um, RPGs. I didn't even know they existed until Cast uh, made up Invasion. And, well, um, we did hear about one-page RPGs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's insane. Like you can like fit so much there, and like you know just use like resources that you have, um, and like you know you can obviously expand on it, um, which is what like we're trying to do. Um, at at the time, we're kind of putting together like a monster manual sort of thing yeah. for the aliens that you can um, come across um, in the game. and uh, But, like, the thing about, like, two-page RPGs that are so special is it's, it's kind of like you have the basics. Like, you have everything that you need on paper um, and you can do more with it if you want, but like, it, it's really, like, it, it has that creative... Um, like space like you you have um the opportunity to to add on i mean even in its full version invasion isn't nearly as uh like rigid as dnd because like yeah. if you look back on 3.5 with dnd like there was an entire chapter on grappling rules <laughs> yeah and like I, I know we've come a long way since then and like the bigger manufacturers are starting to embrace a more rules light approach but even then, like, <clears throat> they aren't really doing it up to the level of, like, Luke Westaway, who uh, released Gravity Rip. Love that game. Um, and it's it's very rules-light, uh, because it, it's all about cinematics. And yeah. that's what we did with Invasion, is we went with this, like, cinematic approach. Like, you don't roll for initiative. Combat isn't combat. Like, you're fighting aliens sometimes that are, like, nine-foot-tall lizard monsters. Like, how is a teenager going to fight that hand-to-hand? -hand? Like, you're not. You're right, it's right. more about thinking through a narrative approach to getting out of combat, which I've done in so many games that I've made. Um, and what we're doing with like the full version of Invasion now. Yeah, because, uh, you know, for traditional, you know, because they're from war games, they don't necessarily in their systems offer like solu easy solutions to, you know, undefeatable foes other than like they have really high numbers. Yeah. But they're not uh, like... <laughs> I, I have a horde of orcs going up against space marines. Daka daka, pretty much. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, instead, with ours, like, uh, for anybody that's actually played it, like, you'll know that, like, there are weaknesses and strengths to every alien, and as long as you know the weakness, you can defeat them. Like, our very first test was against the original version of, like, the Drachnol, which were, like, these jellyfish monsters that, you know, if they were dried out, they died. Yeah, we've changed I... that. Oh no, we've changed it to that. Yeah, okay. it was originally high-pitched noises that caused problems. 
Right, but that's it's that's very stupid. much like the the flow of that kind of like eighties sci fi kids movie, which is like Oh yeah. There there's always like some ridiculous weakness that like like it could be something as simple as like a specific chemical found in hairspray or something like right. that. Like Wait, it, you call me out on the X egg. <laughs> no, but it's it's cool because like you have those cheesy things where like you know, like let's let's say like this like 80s girl who has her hair like um up a mile high like at all times who carries around a hairspray in her freaking bucket purse like sprays it like out of like reaction like at an alien and then it just fizzles out and just dies like that's the kind of stuff that like 80s movies would pull yeah yeah it's just (laughs) random chance and you're just like oh shoot you just described like the back half of the second arc of any the second act of any 80s movies like oops we accidentally found our solution yeah and now how do we stuff like the the faculty which was a big inspiration on how i created the game like they just randomly found out oh you know they get dehydrated they die yeah and then they started testing drugs on each other (laughs) you know (laughs) different (laughs) different approaches for different teens exactly that was a 90s movie though yeah, we lost our innocence. We have, we've, we've kind of. So far. We lost our innocence in the '90s, and then we slowly started to recover from the trauma. Yeah, and that's where we're at. And now we're realizing how bad it is. <laughs> it's all, it's all, all things are pendulums, and endlessly swinging back and forth across a single scale. You know. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're on a train to degradation once again. <laughs> The Puritanism has had its had its time in this in the sun. Truth. But uh, do you have do you have like a favorite or favorite? Perhaps not like the right word, but like a go to sort of like what what is a not even like your favorite, but like a prototypical you think kind of like eighties or not even eighties even, but so you know, teen teens against the unknown. Oh, let's see. Stranger Things is the first thing yeah, that comes Stranger to mind. Yeah, Stranger Things, Scooby-Doo, honestly, too. The like, faculty's definitely on the list. Um, what else? So, so I what get are, skinned for saying this, but I haven't seen The Goonies. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that either. Neither have I. I haven't seen um, anything you've mentioned. Okay, no, I watched... Gremlins, Sco- though. I saw Scooby Doo. Stranger Things. I've never seen Stranger Things. You gotta watch that, dude. Like it is legit. Like I know that it was like super like hyped up, and like people might think it's overhyped, but like it's really good. Like I cannot wait for the newest season to come out. <coughs> I the, my most experience is there's someone with a board, and they um you make a selection on one side or the other. I think it's something about Steve. And. I was at a convention and someone told me to sit, ask me a question. I think about Steve and he was either one thing or the other. And I was went to pick one thing and like, are you sure? So then I picked the other thing and they seemed happy. I don't know what that could have been referencing. That, that's my, I, that that's, I think they were wearing a sailor's outfit. <coughs> oh, oh yeah. That's, that's his um, uniform for the uh, ice cream shop. He ends up working at, at okay. the, like, the latest uh, yes. season. We, we, that's a true. I, somebody has a spike bat. And is Naomi Watts in it? No, not that, that I'm aware of. Steve, Steve had a spiked bat. Or okay. 
Yeah, it's Spike Bat, but Naomi Watts wasn't in it. No. Oh, wait, so who is the actress in it then? Uh, Winona Ryder. Oh, Winona Ryder, okay. She's literally so freaking good in it. Why am I why am I crossing the wires? There's got now I've got to find out the reason why I'm crossing the wires when I'm watching Winona Ryder. I'll figure it out someday. <laughs> Which one of them is in Mont Holland Drive? That's when they only watch. Okay, that's why I think I'm confusing them. I don't know why I'm confusing them in that very specific kind of way, but anyway. What do you what's yeah. the f- what is the f- okay? So the faculty. So I I learned a, I kind of saw posters for it, and I would see it in like the theater or not the theaters, but like in the movie store when I was growing up. But I and then I learned like much later in life that it's an alien movie. What are the yes, aliens? It's, it's a uh, it's one of those self aware horror films, sci fi horror films at least, in like the vein of Scream. Directed by Robert Rodriguez. Okay. And it's got this, like, huge cast now that, like, we look back on it. Because, like, Elijah Wood was in it. Um, I'm trying to remember. Jordana, uh, Jordana Brewster and, uh, why can't, oh, Josh Hartnett. And, like, Famke Jensen. Like, there were a bunch of people in this movie. What? I, um, did, not, I, and, did, not, I did not know Rodriguez directed that movie. Yes. Uh, and it's it's about a group of teenagers, just random teenagers that aren't really friends but kind of know each other, that come into contact with an alien invasion in their, like, small town. But it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers type. Okay. So, like, you don't really know who the aliens are. It could be literally anybody. I have seen that. Um, and, like, they find out during the movie that it, it like, they come from, the aliens come from, like, this water world, and if they dry out, they die. So they have to consume an excessive amount of water. Um, and one of the main characters, played by Josh Hartnett, makes drugs to sell at school, which is primarily just caffeine. Um, and that's diuretic. So it dries them out, and they just start using that to kill them all. Perfect. Now I now I know all about the faculty. I'm Now I'm also looking at Robert Vegas. You guys and there were like weird things in his filmography that I didn't know about. Oh, yes. Robert Rodriguez is actually a very hit or miss director. Um, yeah. And he has a lot of weird stuff in his uh, filmography. Not all of it was great. No, I... Some of it was. He seems like he's got two two dials that he goes on. <laughs> Spy kids Either are I'm not... making films for my children or I made Sin City. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing Grindhouse movies or I'm making kids action movies. Spy Kids. Oh, wait, Spy Kids was that too? Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Yo, that's nuts. We've come full circle. Yes. <laughs> Continuity. Uh, I, th- I think I always think about like how he made... What, what was like his budget he made? Um, like it was like a couple grand or whatever that he originally made, like originally made El Mariachi on, on like... Yep. I got he a blood told that story to us like it was something to live up to in uh, film school. <laughs> that he sold his body to science in order to make his movie because he was passionate. And I'm like, I, I, I think that actually is probably a uh, bigger indicator that our society's kind of messed up. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I think the one the one positive takeaway from that is is that you can actually make movies on a very low budget, not necessarily yes. not the part where you have to sell all your blood to make them. Yeah. But, I mean, Kevin Smith was notorious for doing similar things. Like, he would stay up, what, like 20-something hours uh, a day and only get, like, about an hour or so of sleep 
um, just working on Clerks, I think it was. And he spent his entire life savings on that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but, I mean, we named two people. How many other people also did that? And we will never know. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the scariest thing about those stories. Like, yes, you could have all the passion. You could have all of, like, you know, like, pour your heart and soul into it. You could have big stars in it and, like, pour every single thing you have, including, like, all of your money and savings, and it still could flop. It could still be known as, like, like one of the most horrible movies. It might even, like, make not even make it to like the the big critics because of like the initial reviews and everything right well i mean at least if you if you but if you get bad enough if you get the right kind of terrible movie then you just you you, right you fall into another market you you and breen are just chilling making your weird movies yeah like all these directors that made movies that were so bad that people just have to watch it I don't know. I, I, I don't know if Uwe Boll is watchable. I was at a hotel once, and we were watching, like, you know, we put on hotel TV, and it was uh, House of the Dead, I think, and it was just like that bad. Wasn't even this worst movie. It was just bad, and I like I like bad art a lot. I think there's a lot of beauty to like, uh, you know, very amateurish stuff that like. Yeah. Especially when, I, like, they they feel unburdened by the understanding of how to make art. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, the simplicity of, like, some of the stuff that you see in amateur art is just, like, I, I love it. I wish I could get it back, but now I'm at the point where I'm, like, trying to do these, like, super detailed things, and I'm not quite there yeah so like you can see what i'm trying to do but it's not reaching its goal but it's also like not simple enough to be like quite amateur art yeah that's but i mean (laughs) amateur art is like a very dangerous line to like to tread yeah because you the second you've kind of realized you're doing it it kind of falls apart yeah because then you lose, like, the beauty of, oh, wow, this person is, like, aware of movies, but they're not quite sure how you actually make them. So all these shots are really <laughs> weird and confusing. And, like, the you don't see – nobody shoots movies like these, like this. The funniest part about that is I think that also applies to, like, game designer and yeah. creative thing. Because I remember the very first role-playing game I tried to design was a D100 system. Right. <laughs> <laughs> where you have so many options the exact number in order to actually hit something because i thought that was a brilliant idea i have to swing at this rat i have to roll a 99 what, what it happens if you roll a 1 through 97 or a 100 nothing <laughs> you miss it was basically morrowind yeah Oh, what a beautiful game, though. I... No, and see, that's the thing, is, like, there is that, like, you can look back on it and go, wow, simpler times. Um, when I was trying to be an edgy, um, grimdark <laughs> game designer who made things that were realistic. Uh, Nowadays, was... I'm like, no. That's not fun. <laughs> no, I mean, I went realistic with, like, Lost Horizons, which was this um, steampunk game that I was working on a while ago. Where combat can literally end in one turn. Yeah. It is physically possible for this guy to shoot you in the face 
and you die because that's what happens when you get shot in the face. So the game emphasized trying to not get into combat, trying to talk your way out of it, trying to like avoid it. But if you had to do it, you had to be good at it. I I um I played a like an OSR styled I forget the the exact game it was but with friends and um so, me in particular I don't know why but uh, I had like across our playstations I had like eight or nine characters because I would die almost once a session <laughs> no and I would just rename myself as oh, I'm the same I'm the same class I just would append my titles if I was just I'm the fourth now I'm the fifth. <laughs> That's what I would do. Because I'm not like John Doe, John Doe the second, John Doe the third, John Doe the fourth. Yes. John Doe the eighth. <laughs> yeah, and I was. It's, I mean, I think it happened once in like a session where I died at the very beginning of the session, so I like had to roll the character within the session itself. That sucks. It's it's a beauty though when your characters are so expendable and you you know you're never gonna live. There's a weird like there's a there's a comfort to it. Yeah, which is actually something that I did in a different game. I I don't like. I'm at the opposite side of the spectrum. I get very attached to my character. My character is literally my baby, and like if he dies, I will die. Like <laughs> I'm I'm super emotionally attached to characters, so. Like it, it's really, really hard for me. <laughs> Make sure your Which baby. Is why, if they die, they have to serve a narrative purpose. Yeah. At least an invasion. Yeah, yeah. That's the beauty of like the narrative. Yeah, I guess it, dep- it depends a lot how like, like, it, like you know, tied into the narrative it all is. Because sometimes it's like, well, this is like we're when you're just like adventurers splunking into dungeons, you know. Sometimes your Spelunky adventures can be a little interchangeable, or you expect to to be turnover in such a dangerous profession. But yeah, like, and I mean that's that's one of the things that comes with a lot of like tabletop role playing games, is the the luck of the dice. Um, it's one of those things that separates like the the fireside storytelling from role playing games. Yeah, is you roll poorly in a role playing game, you die. Now, invasion doesn't have that problem because invasions all narrative like you're not really rolling to fight the roles are meant to determine like how well you did it like this thing but you're never really going to fight anything yeah because it's there's it's usually like a you don't win until you win state you know in those sorts of stories there's like it's a I, i mean there's you there's of course your last moment of peril you know where where your your spray your hairspray can rolls underneath something. Yeah. And what could you possibly do? Or when the star quarterback for the team decides <laughs> he's going to grab all the weapons from the police armory, run outside and yell that he's a four state uh, four time state champion just to draw in all the aliens so he can shoot them and buy enough time for you to like conjure up the solution. Yeah. That's a specific event, event that actually happened at our table. <laughs> it, you know, unrecognizable from an event you could have been describing from a film of the time. Exactly. Oh, that's that's the. It's literally like an '80s movie. Like I think that's the thing I like most about it is that it's so fun and it, it just feels like what it's supposed to feel like. Like it doesn't 
feel like uh, any of like the role playing games that like I had been a part of like before because I had I'd been a part of literally like the first session of three different role playing games before <laughs> I got to like actually do a full one. Um, and, and were those like rules heavy role playing games too? They were. They were D and D. They were all D and D. Okay. And uh, you know they were like the the newest edition and everything. Because um, in those, did you even get to play in the first session? Yeah, like it was. <laughs> I mean, I had a fight in all of them, um, but like it wasn't really. It we didn't like get far in the story. Um, right. It was it was honestly kind of tragic with like the first two games. Um, that I was a part of. Uh, it was the same group of uh, quote-unquote friends oh. <laughs> who uh, ended up not um, uh, like catering to like my schedule. Okay. They kind of just like just met up without me. <laughs> just decided, oh well, we're deciding we're just gonna continue on with the story instead of waiting for you for when you get to show up. Yeah. So that's. Ugh, it sucks without yeah stuff. I, I feel like that happens like a lot like if unless you like really have a singular crew that kind of like is like all or nothing you're like yeah. oh i either you can accommodate everyone's schedule or you can't accommodate a couple people and then things slowly fall apart we also um when we're missing people either just forget that they're there in the world or just play something different yeah but that's trickier if you're like playing D D because then you need to you know oh, do we just they miss on the levels or they miss the story or we can't just exactly. roll up another D D session we've had something similar happen with our most recent um invasion adventure with our table um because our table actually hasn't gotten together in like months yeah um because of everything happening and just schedules and everything uh but we had our first time where um we were going to do episodes instead of just one game like go and done um with invasion like we were going to um do it kind of like a series um and uh it was actually like going really well and it seemed really promising but we just couldn't get together for that second episode <laughs> yeah um but it was really fun i definitely want to do it again at some point yeah it can be even with like everyone going well i guess we're not going to meet up physically anymore it yeah. can still be you're like oh wait schedules are still tricky to line up exactly even though people don't even need to be in the same state or country anymore but Which there's... is also crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've talked to people all over the world. It's the beauty of technology. Right. But there I never is. I could have imagined anything like this when I was little. <laughs> right. Yeah. I. I mean, I didn't. I. I predated everyone owning cell phones. I mean, not even not even not even smartphones. Just the, the cellular phones. Yeah. The idea of don't text me because it costs too much money. <laughs> I, I yeah, remember yeah. the 56k modem. So. Oh yes, no, I don't know. Ten I, minutes to load a picture. But when you get that picture, you know, <laughs> it's all worth it. 
Sometimes it wasn't. Now I've got them fading across the screen as I stream it out. I've got multiple pictures. I've got like three pictures. I've got a moving picture. Unheard of. Yeah. I remember trailers being things you had to like download, like a 180p (laughs) thing so you could watch it. Because I don't know, there weren't web players on every single website. (laughs) But yeah, this we're living in a... A, a technologically faster time yeah even back um when i had my first like uh i had a deviant art page way back when yeah and um i i had a couple of friends on there and one of them was from ecuador and the only thing i had ever heard about ecuador was from years ago when like um a missionary uh went over to ecuador and he ended up getting killed um, by the cannibal tribes that were there and then um, his wife ended up um, no wait it was it was a bunch of missionaries and then their wives um, went there and actually like continued the mission um, successfully um, it was Jim Elliot and Elizabeth Elliot was the, the woman I was thinking of but um, that was all I had heard um, so literally my only understanding from about Ecuador at the time was that like they're like still in like that tribal state. Yeah, um, I just so I was 14 and I, I meet my friend Luis um, and he said he's from Ecuador and I'm like, you guys have internet there <laughs> and, and you know he has cars and and stuff and I think the funniest thing that ever happened and he's still, he still will make fun of me to this day for this, but um, Friday nights was pizza night at my family's house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, I said, I got to go. My family's pizza is ready. And he just sent a, a message that was pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, um, it's like this like bread that's like in a circle. And it's got like tomato sauce and cheese and you can put like <laughs> toppings on it. Like. The sausage like pepperoni and he started laughing like, i don't want pizza is. i just wanted to hear you explain it <laughs> but i really believed he didn't know what pizza was yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it starts out like people the u.s likes to paint a very specific portrait of like the rest of the world yeah and now, important question. I think you've, you've accidentally stumbled upon like one of life's great mysteries, and that's why is Friday pizza day? Yeah, like I don't know. So for for me and my family, um, as I was a pastor's kid, yeah. uh, Friday night was um, this uh, the night that we had our kids club at our church. Okay. Um, so pizza night was just an easy thing. Like we could either um, get pizza, like we order it, but normally we would just like get it from the store frozen and then bake it but it was like nice quick easy everyone likes it everyone looks forward to it um but that's why it was always pizza night for us um well, no, I, no, i'll tell you something Saturday. about as a kid who went to school it was also pizza day at public school really yes, yes. it was also tacos on tuesday yes we, we had taco tuesday every once in a while um, That's a crime. You need to have Taco Tuesday every Tuesday. No, and, I will. And, I will tell you, as an adult who no longer goes to school, I had pizza last Friday, <laughs> and most Fridays it's just part of my life routine that I can't I explain. Know. 
Maybe it's just like one of those things, like it's like celebration, like, yeah, you made it through the week. Here's some pizza. Yeah. Like, everyone likes pizza. If you don't like pizza, you're wrong. <laughs> or you're not eating the right kind of pizza. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so versatile. You don't even have to put sauce on it. I literally had, uh, there was this um, friends and family pizza buffet, was what it was called, like, in my neighborhood. It, was, it only existed for a few years, but um, a friend of mine's dad, a friend of mine's dad owned it. Um, and it was really cool because it was like all you can eat buffet of like different kinds of pizza. Yeah. And one of those kinds of pizza happened to be like dessert pizzas that had like stuff like chocolate pudding on it. Like they obviously like didn't make it like bread bread. Like they had like a um, kind of like almost like pie crust kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it was like so interesting like to see like them using like that same format but for like different kinds of food. Um, I was so like, you can even find like vegetarian, vegan pizza. Like yeah, you can, like make anything into freaking pizza. I'm pretty sure just, but scant moments before this show, I had like a a slice of like what I presume was a cauliflower crust pizza. That's cool. And you can just yeah, I I was also believe it or not, I was watching vods of AGDQ and they were talking about dessert pizzas. <laughs> and I was like a dessert now now I'm extra thinking about dessert pizzas and like where I can get a dessert pizza that's so weird like that it, you, you saw that like randomly and then I was talking about it too yeah that's so cool I I think about that like a lot and how much of these things how like how many I th- I think there's a point in most people's lives where you think about coincidence, like on a serious level, like you really just sit down and you ponder the nature of coincidence. And it's like, is this really a coincidence or, or are are there these coincidences happening constantly? I'm just never thinking about them. I don't know. I, I'm always, I've always been a firm believer of like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, um, when it comes to like things that I see, uh, and like hear and like you know patterns and everything, like I like I take note of it. Like it's it's there for a reason. <laughs> Where can I get it? Ooh, okay, I can. No, that's Yelp is letting me down. This is excellent pizzas and desserts. Nope. Boo. And I I can tell you for certain that Domino's. Wait, does Domino's have a dessert pizza? <laughs> Huh. I don't know. Now, I, I, would, I, I was going to make that bold claim that, of course, they don't, but maybe they do. I always joke about lava cakes and how I'm never going to buy one because they're like $7. They're for. so good, though. I'm pretty sure Domino's does, actually. Dessert pizzas? At least Papa, really, I know, really like, my... Papa John's does. It's like a giant cookie, though. But uh, isn't that what dessert pizza really is? Just a giant cookie? No, it's, it's like this... Um, it's like a specific kind of like dough that's kind of like um kind of like pizza dough but kind of like pie crust almost yeah probably like kind of like the um like kind of like a cheesecake dough crust yeah almost yeah it's kind of kind of similar to that i don't well actually maybe more like not really like cheesecake dough because cheesecake dough is like like a graham cracker kind of yeah kind of bit 
Huh, I'm looking. Where can I? Okay, this is going to have to be something I can solve at some point in my <laughs> life, is getting a dessert pizza. I'm going to. You know what? Maybe I can get a dessert pizza when I go. Going out to the western side of the state in a couple of months. I, I, we made trip. We've so fun. We've made like plans <laughs> for like, oh yeah, well, this concert's like in mid-April. <laughs> Everything will be fine by April. We, you know, uh. saying this six months ago, like we'll just buy the tickets. Also, because I assume the band themselves were thinking, oh yeah, 2022. You know, that's It'll, our year. It'll be good, but I mean, it's a seated show. It's like it's a Godspeed You Black Emperor show, so it's not like it's there's mosh pits or anything. There's no huge crowds. It's like people sitting in seats. Yeah, that might be that might be pretty good. So I, I imagine it's not that bad. I'm I'm taking all the stuff they'll put into my blood to make me not get COVID. Oh what yeah, a, whatever. I got what? my booster shot. Yeah, I, we both did on the same day, actually. Oh, and I'll I'll take any more of them. I just I'm feeling I'm feeling fant. So here's I have a question for the both of you. Have either of you gotten sick at all? Like any kind of the virus? Or? Any not not even COVID, just like a flu or a cold. Um, I get like a cold like every year. I also get strep pretty okay. much every year. Um. I'm uh, a singer, and um, I end up, like, doing some pretty gnarly stuff to my throat, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, I, when I got the, um, the second shot um, of the original dose, um, I, it was my first experience having, like, an actual, like, flu symptoms. Yeah. Because I, I had no idea what... Um, like body aches like felt like okay but to me like when i got the second shot it felt like i had like these like surges of like electricity or like energy in like specific parts of my body and it just like i hated it yes the uh, the flu can feel like my body will never not be like this i'm stuck like this forever it's it feels super super hopeless um, but and then you're done in like a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the same. I mean, the same thing happened with me with like my second dose, and then also my booster was like, oh, I feel bad. I'm gonna go to sleep, and then I woke up like ten hours later. I'm like, oh, I feel fine now. Yeah. <laughs> See, I had COVID last year. Oh, that's yeah, not a I good one. It. I got it in November, and mine mine wasn't too bad because uh, I I didn't have really any of the comorbidities that made it bad even though you were snapping me saying that you thought you were gonna die well that was for different reasons like that that was more related to medication withdrawal oh yeah that's because i had covid and had to isolate but um it was the shots for me like the first shot knocked me out for a couple days like i just felt overall crappy the second shot we got like one of the worst migraines I've ever had, and yet we were still making each other laugh while watching Friends. I felt like I was dying, but hey, at least I was gonna die happy. <laughs> and then the booster, the booster sucked. I hated the booster. I don't wanna ever repeat that, and I'm probably gonna have to in six months because nobody will wear a mask. Right. Yeah, that's, 
I had a worse time with that than I did with the the actual second dose of the vaccine. Yeah. I ended up getting, um, like, I never had the actual flu, and I found that out because of, like, the COVID shot, um, because I'd never felt body aches before. But um, I've had the stomach flu multiple times. Okay. Like, so it's, like, similar symptoms to the flu, like, but it's literally just you know what you what you would think with like stomach um just like fever and like constantly throwing up oh yeah that's that real treat (laughs) yeah i i had that um i was working at a uh, philly pretzel factory at the time (laughs) um and i got it on the night before new year's eve I was scheduled to work on New Year's Eve, and I couldn't come in because I was throwing up all night. It was awful. No, I've I haven't been sick at all these since since March 2020. Not even not nary a cold, and it feels great, honestly. <laughs> I, had, I had strep like yeah. a month or two ago. That, I thought it was COVID. I, well, of course, because you think everything's COVID now. Yeah. I'm feeling a little sleepy. Like, Sniffly nose, COVID. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's, that's me. I'm, I'm like, I'm feeling a little sleepy lately. I wonder if it's COVID. Yeah. Well, we have two cats and a dog, and I constantly feel like I have a hair in the back of my throat. Yeah. Apparently, that's a sign I might have COVID. Oh yeah, of course, right? Not not the not the animals. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, because well, it's it's, it's that WebMD classic of, oh, it turns out every illness has headaches, stress, fatigue, so it's kind of like what whichever one you want. I have this weird lump on my arm. Cancer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't even get me started on that. <sighs> I, I went to doctors during the pandemic to try to get a, a migraine disorder diagnosis for my migraine disorder. Yeah. And the very first thing they said was, <laughs> you might have a tumor. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell somebody like me I might have a tumor. I'm supposed to think I might have a tumor. That's my job. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm the one who looked at WebMD. If I might have a tumor, you better have already done four tests just to make sure I have a tumor. Yeah. Yeah, right. Whoever I have, like, I have trusted at this point where it's like, no, I'm going to just not assume that I have the worst possible disease. And, like, I actually, I got weirdly good at, like, identifying Lyme disease, considering I had it somehow. Somehow I caught it three times, I think. Wow. (laughs) And, like, so, like, the second time, I'm like, oh, this feels familiar. And I looked around, like, where's my rings? And I found it. And I'm like, yeah, there we go. I have Lyme disease. So I, That sucks. I call my doctor and go, I have Lyme disease. <laughs> and it's like, here's some pills. Don't go out in the sun. And I go, thanks. <laughs> it's like, it was only really bad the first time because it's like, you're super fatigued and you have a massive headache, I think, is how I felt. And then you're like, oh, there's rings all over me. Were you able to work with that or no, because I know someone who had Lyme disease for a while, and she had to leave work for a, a long time. I caught it on a vacation, oh, or man. or it or it manifested during a vacation. So like I basically spent that whole vacation in bed. That sucks. Um, 
But I mean, it was also I was younger, and it was a vacation in like the woods. I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to go in the woods. I want to be in my home playing video games. I don't want to. I don't want to spelunk nature. <laughs> now I'm like, wow. What if I lived in the woods, away from everything? Yeah. And I could spelunk nature, except there are mountain lions, and they're no good. I think the the closest thing I could um, have, like, to that, like, to, to kind of, like, um, compare is, um, like, and this is, like, the, the closest thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's kind of, like, super, like, it's disappointing in, in, a, in a lot of ways, but um, I was uh, going on, like, some kind of, like, beach trip or whatever, and this was before I came out as trans male um and uh and the <laughs> ladies listening will totally understand this um like uh especially like if you grew up without like knowing like how to like use tampons because for me like they were just never comfortable i always used pads right. so um i ended up getting my period um right before we were leaving for vacation um which meant for like at least the first like three days it was like no swimming um <laughs> it, it just it's freaking sucks yeah um and especially like because my um period symptoms have always been a lot more severe than um <laughs> a lot of ladies uh which I'm totally looking forward to that, like going down. Uh, the more I get on testosterone, I'm a month down already. Um, but like, it it was just constantly just that um, the the cramps were just so overwhelmingly bad when I was younger, especially. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a weird thing to like the parts of our body that are like like. I don't know, like good for us or whatever, but are just very unfortunate and and obnoxious and painful. Like like, I was, I was raised Christian and like, I still, I still believe that. Um, Like I, I definitely am not the stereotypical Christian person that you would think of. Right. You know, Christianity is a broad, it's not, it's not, it's not the worst of, you know, the the um the the mega churches and the like yeah i'm i'm not out to like you know um convert all of my friends and family and whatever yeah. and like i'm i'm literally just like uh living a life uh like the way that i feel like um christ would um right which which and, i assume is know, probably most christians yeah it's literally christian like it was actually uh it's fascinating um the uh the the language behind like how it came together was um the word christian was a um kind of like a a mockery kind of thing like um everyone who uh was you know a follower of christ after he uh died and rose again and ascended and whatever um you know they called them little christ which is what Christian like translates to. Um, if you go back far enough in the, um, yeah, I can't remember the word. 
um, <laughs> oh, like Ed- etymology. etymology. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, if you go back far enough in the etymology, but they just kind of took that on. You're like, yeah, yeah, we are like, you know, little versions of Christ, like that kind of stuff. Like Christ Junior is basically what it is. Yeah. So like, true Christians, like that's what you you go by. But anyway, um, when it comes to like, especially how the female body, um, like, goes about like its its business and in, in um you know. Um, bearing children and everything like um, I think it was in like Genesis after Adam and Eve were like um, pushed out of the Garden of Eden um, like God basically like was like well now like you're you know you're full of sin so like this is what's gonna happen to you just so you guys know (laughs) like childbirth is gonna be freaking mess and you're gonna have pains and like all this stuff so like it wasn't meant to be so gruesome and so painful but it was like because of that like taintedness like that had happened like because of the original fall like that's why we have like that kind of stuff um there's always the scientific um, yes yeah (laughs) reasons too but like i i just always find those kinds of things fascinating um, with with every culture, like every lore and stuff, um, right? How been, how they how they like originally go back to explain why our bodies do the things that they do? Yeah, and like uh, it's really cool to see like um, something that wasn't in my schooling at all because I was homeschooled um, was uh, you know the the original instincts of like hunters and gatherers and stuff like that and um that the need for that kind of stimulation um because of like the the original um the original roles that um people had back then um and then you know we've been also watching because Cassidy is um uh Irish we've been watching um Celtic lore videos and um like it's it's really fascinating to see how like even like um the the myths and legends like based on um you know different landforms and um uh gods and tribes like how it all like came together and like what kind of stories they would form um and how a lot of it like kind of weirdly makes sense like um you can see like how either someone you know made up the story on the fly or like maybe it actually happened you don't right. know right or it, it, it's it's feasible enough that it makes sense like or it's like it's an abstraction of something that did happen at some point like yeah. a, a tale told you know somebody's D&D version of something that happened spun around a million times through stories and mythologizing you might say but, I actually have a, a book of like lore's myths and legends that I've been meaning to pick up um, just cause like I, I love that stuff yeah um, which is really weird for someone who's also really fascinated by like psychology and like the science of like all of that (laughs) like i have like both sides 
I think because of like my raising and um, like the person I've uh, turned out to be like after all of that. Yeah, it's Christianity has a very specific role in like the shaping of American lives. It feels constantly. Yeah, it's it's really freaking terrible how many awful people there are that identify themselves as Christian. Yeah, when their actions like. They're not serving the same God I am. Like, this is not right at all. Yeah. Like, like it, and it's awful. Yeah. Like, I, I came up the same way, but um, kind of like a, a cruising in by default and kind of like this is what the family's always done. And then eventually, once everyone just kind of stopped, <laughs> you know, like, oh, nobody really cares about this. And then. You're no longer, uh, we don't no longer need to use CCD as daycare for you, so. Yeah, yeah. Just like, now you're like, oh, well, nobody really minded that much. And I feel like uh, it gets a bad rap. A lot of it, I think, has to do with um, Americans being very loud and very pushy. Yeah. And then when you combine that with, like, this is the thing I care the most about, and it happens to be a structure of belief that I want to force on you. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's a whole a whole mess. But yeah, like I was, there's this like infamous church that um is like in in our area. Oh, that, okay. Um, they uh go like to different colleges. They go to different like campuses and cities, and they just set up camp with like a bunch of like <laughs> like picket signs and whatever and uh, <laughs> megaphones just saying that everyone is going to hell and oh wow like, that they is repent and like they literally have like these like you know they have the, they have the double signs like like yeah. those huge signs in each arm yep and, okay uh, it's it's awful where did they I get those <laughs> I was like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. What is the point? Like, you're not going to get anyone to, like, approach you and be like, wow, you seem really insightful. I want to know more about, like, the God you serve. Like, right. what? <laughs> no, I want to know more about I would like you to tell me why I'm going to hell. And could I yeah, avoid this? Like... Or is, is there a turning back? No, I no, need can an you... itemized list of everything I've ever done that is leading me to go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> can I just buy indulgences? Are you still doing those? <laughs> just kind of work my way through that. It's uh, awful. Like, no, people are going to be immediately turned off by it. Like, yeah. you're you're calling like nobody likes to be called out on their like shit yeah. for one thing, right? <laughs> but then when you're calling them out for like stuff that like you're just like just assuming that they do um like it's just awful like you're gonna immediately have that reaction of like ew go away like now now as as a pastor shout can i ask you a secret perhaps uncover a secret to this those those double signs are those homemade or is there a place that makes them those 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 famous going to hell double signs that i'm that i think about because there's like a uniformity to them um, I honestly wouldn't know. Like my my dad yeah. is um he more relaxed. He is, uh, definitely a lot more relaxed. A lot he's he's become a lot better. Um, 
than uh, he was when I was growing up. Because when he was growing, when I was growing up, um, the only thing I had ever heard about uh, trans people um, was because it wasn't in my schooling for yeah. obvious, obvious biased reasons. Um, but the only thing I had ever heard was when Target was um, trying to make um, uh, like all gender bathrooms or whatever like yeah it's just like just open for like anyone and my parents were like super against it because of like oh like we can't send our kids in there because like there could be predators and everything and um like they mentioned like the freaking like awful horror stories that like are rarely rarely true right about like oh trans women like being in the bathroom to prey on little girls i like, just want to pee like <laughs> <laughs> It's just so stupid. Right, um, but right. like my dad, my dad has gotten a lot more relaxed with that. It's it's something that he doesn't necessarily understand because he still calls it a choice. Like for me, yeah. But he's at least supportive and he loves me, um, and uh, you know checks up on me and everything. Um, but when it comes to like those like <laughs> those signs and everything. <laughs> I I'd imagine they got them like printed somewhere yeah. um, and make them themselves. Um but it was it's just awful. Like yeah, it's th- just, that same church like pointed at me and called me a whore. Like the pastor's wife specifically <laughs> pointed at me and called me a whore. Um well, you shouldn't have been walking so close to them. You're you're in their splash zone. <laughs> so awful yeah if you hadn't been showing ankle maybe everything would have been fine the fun, i wasn't i wasn't i was showing like some like shin i guess were you, like, were you walking wearing, around like, like some sort of painted jezebel <laughs> <laughs> at the time i had bleached blonde hair Ugh. Ah. um yeah <laughs> natural down down to my shoulders um i was wearing a t-shirt that had um whoa whoa whoa, whoa. ASL interpreting joke on it a t-shirt um, is already way too far <laughs> and then only allow wearing, frocks i was wearing capris and then sneakers with like white tube socks did, did now oh, did the tube socks go all the way but did the tube socks meet the capris or is there still no. some leg available no there was and, there was leg and it was all 100 percent cotton right <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you're going to hell <sighs> what a ch- I've, the churches around me seem pretty seem pretty chill. They've yeah. got a lot of those like, at least the majority of them that I've passed by have that like, hey, we accept everyone around here. That's cool. I think they've even flown like not not the not the newest updated version of yeah, the pride yeah. flag with the fun triangle and everything, but like the classic rainbow. Yeah, the church that I'm going to, um, actually, they they are flying the. Um, the classic rainbow pride flag um along with a black lives matter flag and um a flag that just has planet earth on it yeah to like represent like the the three um like the three things that the church like wants to focus on um because like it's it's about like accepting everyone no matter if they're a part of the lgbtq community no matter if they're a minority like literally everyone and it's almost the if Earth is up there, like because we're trying to be like ecologically like friendly and mindful right. and everything. It's almost if like they're preaching a doctrine of forgiveness and acceptance, right? 
it's so weird. It's like I only like there was someone who like came down from heaven itself and like did that same thing that right. we could like model our lives after. And then went away for a little while and then came back like a few days later. Yeah, like maybe like three days. Like yeah, that's that not like, too many. Maybe 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 if maybe if there was a fellow who made like a fun rock opera about him, we could learn about him. Yeah. <laughs> Darn. Too bad that doesn't exist. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. (laughs) I remember when I was, I went to a a convention kind of like in that kind of like the COVID slump that we had for like that good month or so. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy who had like one of those street carts and he had a like the most recent like the triangle pride flag and it was it was just next to literally touching the the blue lives matter american flag and no. i was like and i was like to this dude none of this shit matters he's like oh ideology he's just like hey they all worth money to be buddy yeah it's literally just like just getting money from yeah, like, everybody like the people selling them they're like no we we swear no allegiance we swear allegiance to the dollar uh like, I'm like, all these flags come from the same factories, right? <laughs> it's, all, it's all marketing and money all the way down. Yeah. But, yeah, who knows? Ah, you know what? Speaking of money all the way down, what we're also spinning down is this show. We're, can you believe it's been an hour already? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I, I could talk forever. I'm an extrovert when it comes I, to like one-on-one conversations yeah i i i thought i wasn't and then i was like i joined drama to have a thing on my resume or whatever and then i was like had five roles and then i'm hosting this show i was like oh i'm kind of back and forth you know where it's like i want to be left alone 90 percent of the time but if i can talk to people i'll just go on forever (sighs) but there's always something to talk about yes Right, and you always find something new to talk about. If you have two people who love to talk, then those people never shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they just bounce back and forth forever. But but not to get caught in this trap that I always get caught in where I, I say, hey, let's wrap it up, and then I talk for another 20 minutes. <laughs> that sounds uh, familiar. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, this well, show is... say goodbye. Yes. This show is the, the, the epitome of the, hey... The convention's over for the day. Let's all hang out and then let's leave. And then no one actually leaves. And then everyone oh, just is hangs. That the sun? <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone hangs out for way too long, and they like they're like, oh yeah, let's leave. And then everyone thinks about going, and then other people have time, but they're like, oh, the conversation keeps going. But you know, this time I'm bringing the conversation to a stop. We're we're shutting. Full stop. Not a full stop, but a rolling stop. The kind of stop that would get me denied my driver's license the first time I tried to take it. My but, driver's test actually went fine. I did the rolling stop, and she was like, you're driving just like you've been driving for years. Here's your license. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. What? Okay. No! <laughs> Late-breaking news. Late-breaking news. Okay, so the, um, the, the, the film Bible, or whatever you want to call it, of... Yodorowsky's Dune. Somebody's claims to have just purchased it for a 2.6 million pounds, and they're going to make the book public. I thought I already got that PDF for that, but it might have been just been a part of it. I don't remember. Never but, read it. Crazy. 
But they also have other messages about like, oh, we want to make an animated limited series or whatever and allow for derivative, derivative projects. Or I guess that's what all the money was spent for. Because I thought I had a PDF at some point of like his whole film Bible for that Dune. But um, anyway, that was just – that was a weird sidebar of <laughs> something I just saw on <laughs> Twitter.com. I really um, – I don't know. I don't know if that movie ever would have been good or if it ever would have been actually been made. But, like, it's an interesting thing to hear him talk about. Yodorovsky's doing that is. Um, it's a real, real shame about, like, uh, anyway, anyway. I'm going to, I almost tracked, tripped yeah, myself into that, talking. That's why I was saying no. Yeah, I, I almost tricked, I almost tricked myself into my brain. We're like, I can, if I can go to Yodorovsky, I can start talking about how they're going to make that Inkle movie. And everyone kept talking about, oh, Yodorovsky's Inkle. And it's like, buddy, listen, people care about the Inkle because Mobius did the art for it. <laughs> and that's like the main draw to that book is like, but anyway, Mobius is good. That's the stance of Indiepocalypse, the bold stance, Jean Grand. Or Garoud. Does he have an N? I don't remember. Because uh, I always, you know, I, like everyone else, always simply calls him Mobius. No, it's Jean Garoud. To the best of my Frenchness, too. Um, anyway. I like him. The, the bold take, the bold official take of Indiepocalypse is I like Mobius. <laughs> I think he makes good art. Um. I think I like that Euro, that kind of like that era of European science fiction style art of like that hyper detailed, and he. Um, I like how you can see it. You can see a lot, and to to the average, I, I realize Mobius is maybe feels like everyone should know him, but his his work has been largely unavailable. But if you look at Studio Ghibli, has a lot of Mobius inspiration inside of it. Their designs, especially like Nasca, is very Mobius and like adjacent Nausicaa. yeah of the valley of the wind yeah very moby like all that stuff looks mobius as hell like all the the weapon designs and the ships and the suits and everything i mean i haven't watched that one my my siblings really like that one my i i don't really i have a very specific type of studio ghibli movie that i yeah. like, really like like i like the like my neighbor my, my neighbor Totoro, um, Secret World of Arietti, Ponyo, okay. Spirited Away. Um, Howl's Moving Castle is like the most technological one that I really like, but most of the ones that I like are like very, very fantasy, like lighthearted, almost like a children's story kind of thing. Yeah. Those are most of those like are like more chill up. I think yeah. one of my go-tos, like my... I think I, I watched a lot of them at, the, at at one point in one of my my top tiers was I really like Whisper of the Heart, which is like not fantasy at all. <laughs> it's just I've like heard of that one. It's one of the it, it's one of the non Miyazaki Ghibli's. I forget who directed Whisper of the Heart, but it's like it's a slice of life story sort of thing. But anyway, see, I got we're talking yep, about we did it. <laughs> we did it again. Oops, I did it again. We talked about... Anyway, he, he named one of his children Nasca also. Mobius, that is. Oh, cool. Because they were like pals. I think him and, like, I think Otomo hung out with it. There is a... Listen, we don't have time to talk about the French-Japanese comics connection and everything about the, the, the scene that happened in, like, the, the late 90s, I think. 
Khan Takahama and all those people. Um, save this for the time where I finally, I finally find an excuse to make a comics podcast, <laughs> which I will one of these days. I because I, I start to trick people to talking to me about comic books and my. I hope a new Urasa, the new Urasa Yasura has got people so I can talk about my Takahashi feelings. But um, anyhow, shutting the show down. Shutting the show down before I start talking about Masoni Koku and everything. <laughs> uh, what have you got? Listen, it's the end of the show. So at the end of our shows, we ask, what have you got to promote? What have you got to plug? Either one of you can go first. Both of you can go together. It's entirely dealer's <laughs> Just show. at the same time? Just <laughs> at, the exact same, the at the exact same time, over one <laughs> of another. We're, I know we're both still working on the, uh, the complete edition of uh, Invasion, which takes the two-page rule set and actually makes like a fully fleshed-out game. It's not going to be a huge manual by any like stretch of the imagination, but it's going to be about 45-ish pages and like contain all the information you need to actually run campaigns, sessions, and like a little bit of color and lore for the, the town we set the game in. Um, We've also got a podcast we just started recording, and we don't really have like a date for when that's going to launch because we got to get a couple recorded, get the yeah. editing done, so that we can like get out something succinct and, and good. Um, but it's going to be called because. And spelled spelled normally. Because. Yeah, yeah, literally just because with like an ellipsis. Okay. Um, I'm always writing some story or working on some game. Uh, and never know which ones are going to pop up like on itch or any of those sites because you know you, I really just get poured like all my passion into one thing and if it comes out it comes out now if, so if one were to find this work where would they look for it well there's the itch.io page for me which uh, I believe is just C.A. McKinney um, I have a similarly named uh, one over on Vocal for some short stories I've written. The podcast is going to be on Anchor, um, which, which, which releases on Spotify. Yeah, and I you can, I publish this on Anchor. You can you can kind of just put it everywhere. Yeah. Um, I also have uh, an art Instagram. Um, it's Nova Star Art. Um, at you know on Instagram. Um, it's spelled the exact same way as um, my name on the Invasion uh, two-pager. So it's just Nova Star and Art. And so you okay. can see, like, a bunch of um, kind of, like, sneak peeks on, like, yeah. what some of the aliens are going to look like um, <laughs> in the, the monster manual thing that we're working on. And if um, you're unfamiliar, that's, that's how you would think it would spell, except R has, Star has two R's yeah. for those just listening. Sorry, I have to always have to respect the audio medium and recognize oh, yeah. that people go, ah, I, I, I couldn't find it. And you go, yeah, well, yeah. I spelled it yeah. for you. Right now, my, my icon is literally a picture that I drew of Gurr um, from Invader Zim. Uh, I think he's riding pig. That's um. I, from what I remember of the hot topics <laughs> that I'd gone to in the aughts. That's usually what he rides. Yeah, he's, he's just riding a pig, now, having a good time. 
Now, did you come? Did you grow up with Zim? Let's my one minor sidebar. Did you grow up with Zim, or did you come to Zim later in life? Like I came to Zim later in life. Um, I have seen um, clips of Invader Zim, but it wasn't until recently that I saw the whole series. Okay. And I severely, severely kin with Gur. Because um, I, w- I was wondering if like Yonan Vasquez, people still connected with him, or if you oh, just yeah. had to be there at the time. No, I um I actually got the inspiration to really watch the series uh, because a coworker of mine um, who also has an art page, um, she uh, gets a lot of her inspiration from him and his work. So, um, like it was just too good to resist. I've thought about going back to it because I mean, listen, at the time. The people who really liked him were the most obnoxious people in my life. <laughs> and I was like, well, if they're annoying, the things they like must be annoying. Actually, the, now that I'm thinking about it, um, the, my, first real, um, my first real time watching it was because of Netflix's um, movie, Into the Florpus. Oh, right. I forgot they, they, they forgot to keep making like, I new movies. I did to Professor Membrane. He was fat. <laughs> he was chunky. The art style for him annoyed me because Professor Membrane actually kind of helped inspire something for some screenplays I wrote. And he was this tall, overly dramatic character, and now he was this short, kind of like squat character that was still overly dramatic, but it's not the same. Yeah. I liked the bean pole. But yeah, it's a, it's a really good series that um, the the character diversity like it, we draw a lot of inspiration from in general. Um, Gur has just I've always been emotionally attached to him since I first heard like audios of some of his lines literally on TikTok. Like <laughs> I think that was probably my first real like um, time hearing anything from the show. Well, then, I, then if, if you're hearing him on TikTok, I'm glad to, glad to <laughs> announce that Zim is still going strong. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Still capturing the hearts of teens all over the world. Netflix needs to bring it back. Yeah. I have, like, I think I got from a thrift shop some weird third bonus DVD from one of the box sets or something. <laughs> That's just, like, in a pile of stuff. But... Um, what about Johnny the Homicidal Maniac? Have you dipped I into that? I the comics. What a, what a, I wonder if they... Okay, anyway, now I'm thinking about... Okay, I'm going to do some <laughs> Google searches in a second and go... And I wonder if I'm going to be like, wow, this is actually very cool stuff. But... Uh, and I was just like... In my teens, I was not in the right spot for it. Like... Because I, I think there's, there's like... No! Okay, so... <laughs> For my part, I will say, hey, you should buy Indiepocalypse. I think it's good. <laughs> uh, issue 21, if you buy that, some of these nice people who've been on the show may get some money at some point in the future. It's true. <laughs> I, uh, I really wish Itch had, like, uh, rev share on, like, store projects and not just, like, bundles, you know? Because then I wouldn't have to wait until like it reaches a certain amount because if i don't especially when i send like international guests i either have to make international contributors wait 
or I have to like, you know, get dinged by a billion fees constantly. So anyway, itch.io, put rev share on stuff. Um, Also (laughs) Patreon. If you go to itchindiepocalypse.com slash Patreon, you can, um, you know, subscribe to this thing and get it once a week. Get the show of the week after, the, like the Monday afterwards. You'll get this show. Otherwise, you got to wait like a month because you got to put something behind the paywall, you know? <laughs> I'm very into uh, – there's, there's – um, they've been doing interesting stuff with like paywalled podcasts and like the exodus from like networks, you know, like your your networks your max funds and your earwolves and stitchers and people are like well, what if i just sell it on my own website what if we make a limited mini series and sell for like ten dollars and you get a series of podcast episodes and it's like that's neat i like that idea i've bought a couple of them and i very much enjoyed them and it's like I remember there was a time when you're like, oh, I, I'm so glad everything's in one spot now. And we're dreading everything going, you know, the time we dreaded everything splitting up into separate channels. But now I'm like, maybe, maybe that's better, actually. That, like, not everything is in just one giant Netflix puddle. But uh, anyway, indiepocalypse.com uh, slash submit to submit your game indiepike.com slash submit. If you have a website and you are affiliated with independent art, in any way, whether you produce it, whether you run a community around it, whether you critique it or any sorts of things, if you write about it, submit your thing. I want to make a big page of links so that people can be like, hey, look, we have websites and we don't have to all be on the five or so social media websites that exist, you know? Let's get our own websites back. They're cool, they're easy to make. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm selling also. Um, I'm going to pick up a consignment shop for games. I forget what I call it. I think that's pizzaprinks.com slash consignment. For when I do physical events, I will sell people's games there as like a, like a, like a consignment shop to try and like, hey, I go to punk flea markets and sell stuff there. That might be the right place for your games. And, like, what if I go to PAX and I just, like, hey, you paid, like, zero dollars, basically, to get your game. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, go there, too. That's it. That's it. That's all my stuff, I guess. I got. I probably got other stuff. I got, a, I, I got too many plates. And once I've got all the plates spinning perfectly, I'm like, what if I added another plate to this? <laughs> just because I crave the challenge of it all. Yeah. Like us making this game, and now we're making podcast yeah exactly so all this different stuff you have to if you you once you get too good at something you're like ah, the challenge I'm is bored. gone <laughs> the spark the spark is gone from this 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 relationship i had with this project i need to kindle i need to kindle a new project that's why i'm constantly bouncing back and forth learning different languages yeah like i have three that i'm juggling with and like when i get bored of one i move on to the next oh, oh i couldn't do that that i'm i'm laser focused on learning <laughs> japanese where i can and occasionally i think i should re-up my spanish my spanish is good at, my spanish is very functional but like when you never yeah. use it it kind of decays yeah 
and uh, I have, I'm fortunate enough that you know I can kind of fumble my way through Spanish <laughs> where I need yes, to. Yes, I'm, I'm getting about the same. Like I, I've, I'm very functional when it comes to Spanish. I'm fluent in American Sign Language, um, and I'm learning Korean right now. And uh, next up is French when I get the Korean alphabet down. Yes, no. I mean, most of my training is like literally just kanji training, and like oh, yeah. I don't really have any grammar because it's like, well, I, wow, I got to learn a whole new alphabet. Also, I haven't yep. like, <laughs> I haven't like sat down to like, I like Spanish. It only has a three. It only has a couple new letters. Yeah. And I still could never do the double R thing. I never. No, I, I, I cheat, and I like, you know how like when you gargle. And you like yeah. use uvula and everything. I do that, <laughs> and it it works. It, like I fool people, but right. like I, I still can't roll my R's with my tongue. <laughs> and it was it was frustrating because I was good at it. Like I was like, oh wow, I'm good at this language. I'm f- passing all these courses, but like I can't speak this very specific thing. Like my I just never. Anyway, we're shutting it down. One last like. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. Ah, shit. Here we go again. Ah, shit. Here we go again, indeed. I tried playing that game. Um, <laughs> but that's me starting again, and I'm not going to start again. I'm going to find <laughs> Fubar. Here's Fubar. going to leave it as I always leave the show, which is with, um, you know, the track Imposter Syndrome, as it always is. I didn't, I didn't do any breaks, so I didn't do any of my radio uh, from the break we cut from but anyway it's imposter syndrome on our way out Casanova thank you both for being here thank you for having us glad to have you the, we had we had to as you can tell by the 7 p.m. schedule we had to really work things around to get you here but I like yeah. to I like to work things around to try and I try to accommodate everyone to where I can um, definitely appreciate it hey I appreciate having you here um, but anyway, I'm going to hit this transition button, and that's going to make the song play. Goodbye, everyone.